Hey friends, my name is Ashley Rodriguez and this is the Boss Barista Roundup, a show where I tackle a topic and ask you, the listeners, to share your stories, insights, and experiences with us. This week, we're asking, how does a roaster determine the price of their retail coffee? There are these two competing narratives when it comes to coffee. If you read pretty much any clickbait article, there's usually something about how millennials spend too much on coffee and that $5 lattes are ruining our ability to save money. But within the coffee industry, there is a huge pricing crisis where farmers are not making enough money to support themselves let alone the future of the industry. So who's right? Yes, both are. But there's a lot in the middle that hasn't been as closely examined in between coffee going from the farm to a customer's hand. There's so much more happening in the middle. Right now, coffee is being traded at around a dollar per pound. And yet, When you go into a coffee shop, it might feel like prices are exceptionally high. For me, as a coffee professional, as someone who knows the industry, even I sometimes get confused about how arbitrary coffee prices can feel. I can pick up a bag of coffee at one roaster at one price and the same bag of coffee at a different price somewhere else. So I wanted to understand pricing better. How do we determine the price of coffee at the retail level. A coffee is priced as a green coffee that would be um, in what we would call a consuming country based on a lot of different factors. That's Joe Morocco. He does sales, marketing, and consulting for List and Beisler, an importing company based in Germany. Joe has also been involved in the roasting world for years. He was part of the Coffee Roasters Guild Executive Board. He was an educator for Cafe Imports, a large importing company based in Minneapolis. And he also has hosted a wildly popular roasting series on YouTube. So I wanted to ask him, how are coffee prices determined? He started at the source, where coffee is grown. The first factors are how much was paid at the coffee source which is where the coffee was grown, that price is referred to as farm gate. Uh, You can see why it would be called that. It's the price as it leaves the gate of the farm. Um, And that price is usually paid by a mill. Uh, The mill, there are two different kinds of mills. A wet mill where coffee cherry uh, is removed from the coffee seed, and then a dry mill where the dried coffee seed is sorted and put into bags and, and is ready for shipment. Um, once it leaves the, the dry mill, that's usually called FOT or freight on truck. And then that may move to a port city where then the price of the coffee would be called FOB um, as it leaves on board a ship that's referred to as freight on board. Once the coffee has arrived in the U.S., let's say, or in whatever consuming country um, it's arriving to, 
the coffee has to go through customs. It has to go through maybe some inspection. There's a whole lot that happens to the coffee just, let's say, bureaucratically. And then the coffee is put into a warehouse. All of the steps along that supply chain both add value and add cost. The costs that are added in that supply chain usually are fairly minimal. Essentially, as coffee moves from the farm, where it's usually a whole cherry, to a mill, where the layers around a coffee bean are removed, to a boat, to a dock, to a warehouse, it incurs a cost at every point, which means that it becomes more and more expensive as it moves. However, there are points where the price of a coffee becomes difficult to trace, and markups are added without a whole ton of knowledge as to how they're added. Um, That said, it is the case in some supply chains that what is paid at Farmgate is much, much less, maybe even a fraction less, than what is paid at FOB or at the point that the coffee is actually put onto a truck or a, or a boat and shipped overseas. Um, this is where I think there's a lot of opaqueness in the coffee supply chain, where a lot of us who are in the roasting or consuming side may not know where the money is going. So for instance, just hypothetically, if a coffee were to sell at Farmgate for 50 cents a pound, it could be the case that that coffee is selling for $1.50 um, or $2 a pound FOB, but that's just the cost that is incurred um, during the processing of that coffee. While a jump from $0.50 cents to $2 is a huge leap, it's still not the price we're seeing on retail shelves. A coffee that was bought by a roaster for, let's say, theoretically $4 a pound, and remember, that's a price that includes the farm gate price, the price of shipping, the fee paid to the importer, could still end up on a retail shelf for $18, $20, even $22. And that's not even for a pound. Many roasters sell coffee in three-quarter pound increments, and many are moving to half-pound packages. And that's not to say that this markup is bad, but that I didn't quite understand that journey from $4 to $22 from the purchase price to the retail price. So I asked Joe to talk a little bit more about that. There is definitely going to be a big difference between what the price of a green coffee is and what the final price of a roasted coffee is, or even further, the price of a cup of coffee. Um, that, that ultimate price is determined from a few different factors. Uh, first, the roaster is asking themselves, how much can I get for this coffee? What is the value to my market? Um, and the roaster should also be asking themselves, how much does this coffee actually cost me? So if you think about the green coffee, let's hypothetically say you buy a, a pound of green coffee at $3. Well, immediately that pound of green coffee after, as it's being roasted is going to lose 15 to 20% of its weight. So that $3 coffee is now maybe a 345 or a 360 a dollar a pound coffee because you've lost some. Also, you're paying the roaster, you're paying for the lights, you're paying for the machine, you're paying for the fuel that's being used in the machine. Packaging may be as expensive as a dollar a pound. Uh, you're paying for shipping and receiving sometimes depending on what your structure is like. You're paying for people that are processing the orders. 
there's a whole lot of um, factors that go into how a roasting company is operating. And some could say that the most inefficient point of the supply chain is also the most expensive point of a supply chain. And that would certainly be at the roasting facility. And it's not simply because roasters suck at their job and they're inefficient. It's because there's a lot of loss. There's a lot of lag. There are a lot of packaging steps um, and lots of other things that go into that inefficiency. No matter where you work or what you do, there will be inefficiencies, especially as the system becomes more and more complicated. When we think about inefficiencies in the coffee supply chain, though, we usually think about farms. In Brazil, for example, which is the largest coffee-growing country in the world, farmers handle a lot of growing inefficiencies with science or machinery. But we haven't really talked a lot about inefficiencies on the roasting end of the coffee supply stream. That's not quite as hot of a topic as improving farming practices. So what a roaster should be asking themselves is how much does it take um, in money to roast a pound of coffee, package and sell that pound of coffee. And all of those costs should then be built into their price structure. So for instance, if it costs me $6 a pound to produce the green coffee, and I'm paying $3 a pound for the green coffee, then I know I need to charge at least $9 a pound to break even. And then anything above and beyond that price is going to be what we might look at as profit or maybe reinvestable cash. So it sounds like what you're saying is that the process of actually buying a coffee at whatever price, $3 per pound, uh, to actually roasting it and selling it, there there's a number of factors that can really kind of like dictate what goes into that final price. That is precisely correct. Yeah. And if if a company is super efficient and they have really good systems in place, then they should be able to charge less for their coffee and make the same amount of profit. If a company is super inefficient, uh, then they're going to have to charge more and they may actually not make as much of a profit on that, on that uh, commodity. So at the same time, there is this built-in sense of value that a particular coffee may have because of the roasting company's brand. So there's also the ability for some companies just simply based on their brand recognition to increase their price and increase their profitability, um, increase the amount that somebody is willing to pay. They may have bought a coffee from the exact same farm as another company nearby. They may also be more efficient, so it may cost them less to do that business. Um, And they may also have a lot of other things in place like a a bigger roaster and um, they may even roast the coffee more poorly than their neighbor, but they're still able to charge more because of that perceived brand equity that they have. So how does a roaster go about setting a price for their coffee? And what should you be looking for when you pick up a bag of coffee? That's in a moment after a quick break. This episode of the Boss Barista podcast is brought to you by Get You Some Gear. Get You Some Gear redistributes donated coffee gear to baristas and other coffee professionals that hold marginalized identities. If you have any old coffee gear that's collecting dust in a cabinet 
or you just have extra items, get you some gear, we'll find a new home for them. They're in especially in need of the big three, kettles, scales, and range servers. The best way to get in touch is via Instagram at getyousomegear, that's G-E-T-C-H-U, some gear, all one word. But if you're maybe Instagram free or don't really like social media, you can also send an email at getyousomegear at gmail.com. Welcome back to the Boss Barista Roundup. We're talking to Joe Morocco about how coffee prices are determined from the farm to the retail shelf. And one of the reasons I wanted to learn more about this is because there's a huge disconnect between the prices paid to farmers and what you see on a retail shelf. As of this recording, the commodity market price for coffee is $1.15 per pound. And if you go into a coffee shop, that's not the price you see for coffee. Maybe you'll see something between $15 to $25. I wanted to learn more about this markup and perhaps if there's a way to start thinking about how we can transfer some of that value back down the supply stream. One of the places we've seen a lot of discourse about coffee pricing is in transparency reports. Go ahead and Google one of your favorite roasters and see if they publish how much they pay for coffee. Usually there's tons of information about the farm, about how much a roaster has committed to paying for the coffee based on quality, but not a lot about what happens to the coffee once it gets to the roaster and how they determine the final price of a bag of beans. So sometimes I'll talk to roasters that'll just simply say, yeah, I do a four times markup or I do a five times markup. And there's not really an in-depth analysis of what it actually costs. They just know that at that markup, they're soluble and they're making a profit. They may not know how much fuel it takes to roast one pound of coffee and therefore how much that fuel costs. Um, But they know that if they charge 15 bucks a pound, that there's money going into the bank. I think breaking down these models of efficiency and inefficiency is really interesting because lately we've seen a lot of coffee roasters produce transparency reports. And it feels like this part of the coffee roasting process is completely untransparent. We don't really know what's going on and there doesn't necessarily seem to be a big push to understand that process. Yeah, I think the transparency reports, if this is me just speaking as myself, um, I think they can be very misleading. And not only like... I don't think that they're necessarily the roaster trying to pull the wool over the consumer's eyes, but I think that they are an answer to a question that's not being asked. Um, The consumer is not asking a roaster, how efficient are you? Or why does my coffee cost $20 a pound necessarily? Um, The consumer may say, why is my coffee more expensive? And then the roaster will do a transparency report that kind of alludes to this idea that there's charitable work being done and that's why the coffee is more expensive. Now, personally, I kind of take issue with that because I don't think that that is something that is bringing, um, I don't think that it brings value. I think that it actually creates a uh, us and them dichotomy between the producing side or sector and the consuming sector to say that the consuming sector um, 
is somehow taking advantage of the producing sector and that the producing sector is in need of the help of the um, consuming side. And that dichotomy, I think, is something that we should move past. I think that if roasters really want to have transparency in what they are, are doing, certainly looking at their own efficiencies is a good place to start. Uh, because the efficiencies that a roaster has is certainly going to speak to what they're doing with their hands, with their work, with their um, with the mechanics of their business to positively affect outcomes, as opposed to um, look at the money that I'm passing down. That's not really the work that a roaster is generally doing. Generally, that's the work that a consumer would then be doing. And if the roaster is buying a coffee for $3 a pound green and they're telling the consumer, you are uh, doing all of this good work with your money when you buy this coffee from us because we have all of this money going back down to the farmer, but that roaster is charging $20, $30 a pound, that doesn't necessarily translate. This idea that people should feel good about the coffee they buy because it's benefiting farmers is sometimes misleading. Yes, many roasters are paying more than what the commodity price of coffee is, but simply being better than the commodity price isn't enough. So much about why coffee prices are so low for farmers is because coffee has relied for centuries on slave labor and built its economy around the assumption of free labor. And coffee pricing hasn't truly ever restructured itself to include proper wages for the folks whose labor was exploited. And now, coffee pricing is facing a new challenge to those in power. Technology. And then from the, from the producer side, you know, we're looking at um, things from a 21st century model now where producers have access to information. So a producer can jump online and look at their coffee and see specifically how much a roaster is charging for their coffee per pound. And what I hear more often than not is shock. Um, and the producer may find themselves with a lot of pride to see their face on a bag, but then they're saying, how can this roaster charge $22 for 12 ounces when I was only paid $3 a pound? That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so there's a lot of things that are, that even though we're stating this is how much was was transferred down the supply chain, that level of transparency is actually um, almost like an expose into the inefficiencies that roasters have. And I think roasters should kind of be a little bit careful because, you know, if you have the, that level of inefficiency built into your program, what's not to say that a more efficient big roaster up the street isn't going to take advantage of that? I think in this sort of era where we're talking about things like the cost of production and how farmers aren't even making enough to cover their cost, it's interesting to analyze the way that roasters are marking up their coffees. Um, because we would never, if roasters were only making the cost of production for their coffee, like you were saying, maybe it's $9 um, for them to cover their costs, roasters wouldn't be in business. Um, yeah, I think that 
as a roaster, you know, or as a roaster owner, your primary job is to keep your doors open and to pay your staff. Basically, you have to remain solvent. Um, and I think that if you have a customer base and you're in that position of needing to um, support a business and, and going to bed at, at the end of the day, thinking, you know, is my business going to stay open or is my business going to fail? That level of weight really pushes you to try to um, charge as much as you possibly can for the product that it is that you're selling. And when those people come into the door and say, hey, why am I paying $20 a pound for this? It's kind of a haunting feeling because I, I don't think that there are roasters out there really that want to take advantage of the farmer. There are a few industries that have as much price sensitivity built into them as coffee. Part of that, as I mentioned before, is because of coffee's colonial past. Because growing coffee relied heavily on slavery, we've built a pricing system based on free labor. And the other part of it is us. As Joe mentioned, we've built the specialty coffee industry on being special. It's in the name. We're unique. We're better. We're making people feel good about the bag that they're buying because they're supporting farmers. And while that narrative is certainly skewed, there's another way to think about it. And so from a roaster's perspective, there's kind of this struggle to say, well, my product tastes really, really awesome, and I need to charge as much as I possibly can so that my business is successful. But at the same time, coffee people are held a lot more accountable um, by a consuming base, and we've really built that into our way of doing business. And I think that it should be built in because at the end of the day, the, the commodity of coffee is grown by many of the poorest people around the planet that have food insecurity, that are living in uh, zones that are very unhealthy, that are very delicate ecologically, that are maybe supported by governments that are um, struggling to stay afloat and that have a lot of um, insecurity. And so we do have a responsibility to ensure even just from a supply chain maintenance perspective, not to mention the ethics behind everything, to make sure that coffee survives into the future and that the people are, that are growing it um, are able to do that in a healthy, safe, supported way. So there's just a lot that goes into a, a roaster's mind whenever they have to answer these questions. And so if they can do that in a way that's kind of almost preventative, if they can put something forth that says, okay, this is how we do business. And it almost alleviates that level of confrontation face to face. Then roaster roasting companies are tending to do that more. And that's where these um, transparency documents are coming from. I, I believe it. That was Joe Morocco of List and Beisler. You can follow Joe on Instagram at Roaster Joe, and you can find his YouTube roasting videos pretty much just by entering his name in the search bar. There are dozens of different videos that come up, and Joe is truly a delight to watch. He's an excellent and patient teacher with a ton of knowledge. 
This has been the Boss Barista Roundup. I'm Ashley Rodriguez. See you next week. Thank you.